0: and happy thursday my fellow nerds once again this is nicholas the nerds who live podcast For this episode, Amber and I sit down with a good friend of hers who she introduced me to, and I'm very glad she did, Mr. Brad Damon of Elite Athlete Training Systems up in Alberta, Canada. Uh, I got to say, it was really cool talking with Brad. Um, Brad has a very unique approach to how he teaches and trains his athletes. So he doesn't actually just focus on powerlifters. Brad is an athletic coach. Uh, mostly for football and other sports and he's taken powerlifting and specifically the conjugate method and has fitted it to be conducive to athletic training. And honestly, it was fucking great. Like it was it was super interesting. I highly recommend if you're a programming nerd, someone who really wants to learn you know, those different types of methods, you know, conjugate, you're interested in conjugate, or even if you don't do conjugate, but just how he has applied this and really emphasized athleticism and strength and balance, get your notepad out, the man's a fucking genius. So again, uh, check out Mr. Brad, his Instagram is Elite Athlete Training Systems, or eats.sg on the Instas and all the other social medias, and honestly, he's a really good guy. And I love talking with him. So hope you guys enjoy it too on this week's episode of the Nerds Who Live podcast. Hi, Brad. Hey, man. How's it going? I think
1: he's trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Cool it oh, there you, oh, go.
0: you
2: go. Yeah, there you go. we go. Man, I'm going to hey. figure it out eventually.
0: Yeah, it's man? always like that. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, good. Good. I know you know Amber. I'm Yes, I'm Nicholas. Nicholas.
2: Nicholas. Brad. Nice to meet you, buddy.
0: Nice to meet you, man. Appreciate you coming on.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, how's this? Uh, how's the lighting? I kind of look like Buffalo Bill. I don't know what else.
0: I <laughs> mean, oh, yeah, a little nice. bit, but it's cool. I think we all do because we're all yeah, in our yeah. house. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, don't nice. worry. Like, I'm only rec- we're only recording the audio, so no one else is going to see you. Who cares?
2: Oh, okay. Oh, perfect then. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah no, cool. it's
1: just it's kind of just a nice way to like interact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: we for can sure. see each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I appreciate you coming on, man. Amber's spoken really highly of you and kind of the things that you've done. And so I was really hoping you could maybe just give a short introduction of yourself and, you know, kind of what got you to where you are now with uh, your coaching career and EATS yeah. and all of that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm Brad Damon, I'm the owner of uh, Elite Athlete Training Systems. I started working with athletes around the same time I started powerlifting back in uh, 2011. Um, I didn't start charging till about 2014-2015, uh, so I spent a lot of years just kind of figuring out the ropes and, and figuring out how to do things, um, but I started out, I was coaching high school football um, in Spruce here, Spruce Grove, um, so I was, I was doing that, I was the O-line coach, eventually another O-line coach came along that was way better than I was, uh, so I had to find something to do or else I was out of a job, right? so I started uh, working as the team strength coach, um, and from there, I sort of found a passion for it. Uh, Zach Palak, who owns Optimal Human Performance, uh, was the first athlete I trained. He just wouldn't leave me alone. Um, <laughs> at first, I didn't even really want to train athletes, right? Like, I was just, I wanted to power lift. I wanted to get stronger. Um, so I did. I was just training by myself. And, and Zach would just come bother me. Hey, show me how to squat. Hey, show me how to bench, all this stuff. And he just wouldn't leave me alone. So I said, fuck it, man. I, I will. Uh, I'll teach you, I guess. Uh, so I did that. I taught him. And then through that, I kind of found a passion for, for helping athletes get better um and and uh for helping them reach their goals right and kind of realizing that i could help kids achieve something that i never could achieve i didn't have the talent to to play football past high school anyway um but maybe if i had like a strength coach and a good program i could actually get an education out of this and realizing that i could help kids do that was kind of how i found my passion um and from there i just kept kept working kept training high school kids Um, once i finally got certified and could train people legally I, uh, I started working at the Tri-Leisure Center just as a personal trainer. Um, always kind of, I would do gen pop to kind of make the ends meet, but I was always really picky. I wanted to do athletes only. Um, so yeah. I always myself towards that. I uh, spent two years as a personal trainer and then opened my own facility in 2016. Um, and just been growing through that. So I trained a lot. Of, I started with high school football players, some baseball players. Um, once Rob came along with Athlete Collective, we added a lot of uh, hockey players and soccer players. Um, and now I've got, I think I'm working with about 10 CFL guys um, seven or eight years later. And it's, it's just a dream come true.
0: That's really awesome, dude. And I have to ask, cause it's, it's so curious. How have, like, how do you find the parallels between, you know, what you learn through powerlifting as a strength training, you know, approach and how does that translate over to athletic preparation and performance for athletes where, you know, strength is a, is a supplement to their chosen skill. That's, yeah, yeah, the for thing sure. that's, that's our skill. But for them, it's, it's to aid their skill.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that was, that was kind of a tough lesson to learn. I think I was probably five or six years into my career as a strength coach before I realized that um, what we were doing or what I was doing was just training them like powerlifters, right? So we were just getting strong almost at the expense of everything else. And really that's, that's what brought it to a head, right? Is that I had this kid Wes who I had, it was the first year I'd worked with him and, um, but we we put in this this great off season. He was strong as shit. He was squatting like four fifty at sixteen years old, like just a monster, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but he got hurt over and over and over. He missed his whole grade twelve season with injuries. Um, and I kind of came to the realization that like um, we're so specialized in strength that we did we we detrained everything else, right? We got worse at everything else, and right. and almost made you fragile, right? Because we just did these three things. Yeah. Um, I've always been a conjugate. Uh, I've always programmed with the conjugate methods. So we did a lot of uh, accessory exercises and stuff to change it up, but essentially we're just doing the same three things over and over. Yeah. Um, so we just created like he was strong in those three things, but nothing else. So that was when I started realizing um, the, what I call connective tissue days sort of built on Louie's idea of doing 200 leg curls a day with ankle weights. Uh, I just took that and expanded on it. And we just do that throughout the whole body. So we have an upper body day and a lower body day uh, where we do that stuff. Um, but yeah, that was sort of, the defining moment where I realized like if I'm going to train them just like powerlifters then they're not going to be great athletes. We have to, I think I treat strength as the base at this point, but we're also, we're jumping, we're sprinting. um, We're doing lots of body weight stuff. Right. So um, I think the strength is the foundation, but everything else has to be built on top of that foundation as well.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. And it's logical. I mean, I feel, um, so I was telling Amber um, you know, when she was like, telling me about you how for me it was opposite. I came from athletic, background i did full contact karate i was a swimmer um i did um you know so those were my main obviously those they weren't team sports but those were my main my main ones especially uh the sparring for kickboxing and boxing and so um i found strength later when i found i was lacking in that so i had I was fast um and i was very flexible i still actually am very flexible um a lot of comparatively but i was i didn't have a lot of little oomph behind me and so mm-hmm. I found strength, you know, through that end. Yeah. Um, what have you found? I, I think I really like your, like you said, the connective tissue days. Um, for the strength work, though, like what kind of like percentage, I mean, without giving away too much of your sauce, so to speak, what kind of like percentage and like, you know, re, you know, and rep and scheme range, are you looking at um, for like when they lift and how and then going into like those connective tissue days? whatnot?
2: yeah so I, I mean i'll give I'll give it all the way it's all on my Instagram page anyway um, <laughs> I've always like Louis says I've
1: always giving away free information <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Louis
2: says he'll give he'll tell you everything they do for free because you're not he doesn't think you're gonna do it right you won't put the work
1: yeah
2: um, and yes, I kind of have that same like if you're gonna it's it's no secret we, we work really hard this is what we do um, but anyway, so to your question so um I should clarify that like in this case we're talking about our level three athletes so I have three levels of athletes. One, okay. two, three, obviously. Um, and everyone has to build through that system. So it's not to level three where we start to incorporate the West side method principles. Um, okay. That's when we start adding our speed and dynamic effort days. Um, but so for those level three guys, so let's, we'll just break down the week, right? So on Sunday, that's where I start my week. We have an upper body connective tissue day. Um, so we're doing. Whatever, I'll calculate the accessory volume um, on the main days for that week, or for that uh, mesocycle, I should say, that three-week wave. And then our connective tissue days, we do three times as many reps for connective tissue work as we do for connective tissue work, right? So we do really high rep band work on those days. We'll do, um, on the upper body days, we do grip training. On the lower body days, we do neck training. Um, And then we uh, also add in a ton of mobility and FRC stuff on those days. And then Monday is our speed bench day, so... Uh, percentages could range anywhere from if we're trying to train explosive strength, it'll be 30 to 40% of a one rep max Um, for generally about 12 sets of two. I find that we can get through 12 sets of two in about seven minutes uh, with six guys benching. We just cycle through uh, three guys on each bench, Um, but we'll cycle through really fast. If it's a speed strength phase, then we'll be um, the textbook would recommend 50 to 60%, the West side book of methods. Um, I tend to drop it down to 40 to 50. I find that uh, the, the athletes get so strong eventually that that, 50% bench is so heavy that even if it is the the correct speed strength percentage, the bar speed is too slow just because that weight is so heavy, right? So um, I backed off the bench percentages a bit. So we'll work 40 to 50%. Um, And generally, usually we'll go five by five reps on a speed day just to get everyone through a little quicker. Um, If I I really want to just hammer on the bench technique with them and we're early in the off season, we might do nine triples um, or up to even 15 triples if we want to do a little conditioning with it. Um, But always in that 50 to 60% range, uh sometimes with bands sometimes without uh, if we're without bands then i'm going to jump that percentage up to b- between 70 and 80 percent uh just straight weight um but we'll hit that bench work and then we're on to our secondaries and accessories uh 72 hours later on thursday is our max bench day so we're gonna or i call it a max upper day because we don't necessarily have to bench but uh we're gonna yeah. work up to a one rep max in something and i would say we work up to one rep max probably 95 percent of the time um i don't do a ton of, of uh, volume maxes. I know I see a lot of people on Instagram doing them. It's really caught on lately. A lot of max threes and fives. Mm-hmm. I like those if we have like a big day coming up next max effort day um, or if we're just beat to shit and maybe we just need to keep some weight off the bar, then we'll do a volume max. But for the most part, I like uh, one rep maxes. Uh, so we'll work up to that one rep max and then we got our secondaries accessories the same as Monday, some GPP work. Um, Tuesday is going to be our lower body connective tissue day. Uh, and that's when we do. We'll do the lower body CT stuff, the neck training mobility, FRC stuff. Uh, Wednesday is our dynamic effort lower body day. Um, so again, percentages are going to depend on what we're training at that, uh, at that particular point in the uh, macro cycle. So if we're doing generally, we're doing speed strength on that day, obviously. So that'll be anywhere from 50 to 50 to 60% bar weight plus 25% band tension. Um, for what do I know? It's been so long since I programmed now that I'm quarantined. I think we're doing <laughs> eight doubles. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing eight doubles before uh, we got kicked out of the gym. And uh, I think five fives before that. Uh, right. Generally trying to keep it to around 20 reps in a, in a workout. Of, uh, right. Work of uh, At that 56% plus 25% band tension or chain weight. Um, if we're doing explosive strength, then again, we'll drop it down to probably about 30%. I'll go 30% bar weight, 30% band tension for some doubles, maybe 12 doubles, 10 to 12 doubles. Uh, and just really try to kill the bar. Try to blow it off your back. Uh, And then 72 hours after that on Saturday, that's our max effort day. So again, working up to one rep max, we'll go, since I program on a three week wave, week one, we'll do a a one rep max squat. Week two will be a deadlift and week three will be some type of jump. Uh, So this might be where we test a vertical uh, with the Vertec or more than likely, we're going to do some type of really, really big drop jump. Something that's going to require, you know, two to three minutes between jumps to recover from, Mm -hmm. Um, or we'll do some type of heavy contrast jump where maybe you'll pull, you know, a couple doubles with four plates on the trap bar and then go hit a box jump. Right. Um, So that's our week three. And then we'll cycle back to squats on week one and uh, just work up to those max weights on Saturday. Friday is a rest day for us. And then, yeah, that covers our, our whole week.
0: That covers, that's really cool. Like I really, that's a really, I think that's a really fun cycle. I also really appreciate that you do three week waves Yeah. Um, in the way that that's split between you know, like, like you said, for the squat and the lower and then having a day where it's testing a vertical or the deadlift to a box jump. I think that is, is probably one of the most balanced ways I've heard, yeah. uh, honestly, so far. So I think that's really cool. I think a lot of other programs program like five to six week waves. And I've always mm-hmm. felt like that was a little too long if you're yeah. not a powerlifter, if you're just athletically speaking, you know, yeah, for sure. three to four weeks, I feels healthier.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what Louis recommends in the in the book of methods as well as three, f- three to four four weeks. I actually yeah. I started out with six weeks. Um, and then, like you were saying, our athletes just weren't recovering properly. They weren't getting uh, what we needed out of the training. So we scaled back to five weeks and then four. It just ended up at three. I tried two for a while, but then I felt athletes weren't accommodating enough to what we were trying to do. Yeah. So we were almost leaving prematurely. We were leaving yeah. that, that exercise behind. So three weeks was just always that sweet spot, right? Um, yeah. And the only time that really, I mean, everything is done in three week waves. The only time that can change is if we're doing a strength speed squat where we have, we're working at 90 plus percent, um, really, really heavy yeah. weights. Then I'll do in a three week wave, we'll squat week one, week two, and then we'll take week three off from squat and deadlift and just do accessory work. Um, but yeah, the, that three weeks seems to be like the sweet spot for, for it athletes. Is.
1: It is. It I've it even is. implemented that with some of my just gen pop clients and they seem to recover and get great benefit from this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's
0: to echo and reaffirm, I think what you found one of my, uh, one of my good friends of mine who has his, um, he has his degree in kinesiology from, um, uh, forget the university it's in Fresno, but it's a kinesiology degree. And then he also went into actual like therapy and PT. And one of those principles he taught me was that they found that muscle, uh, that my muscle connection, like nerve adaption happens in 21 days okay. so three times set, 21 yep. is three weeks so yes. that so like what just to reaffirm what you found like kinesthetically speaking it's a 21 day adaption period for proper accommodation so hence yeah two weeks not enough but that yeah. that uh sweet spot of uh, three weeks 21 days
2: yeah for sure and isn't it funny how science always kind of seems to like science is always behind what the people that know what they're doing are doing. And I'm not talking me. I'm talking Louis, right? Like Louis has been yeah. doing this for 30 years, and now science is like, yeah, 21 days is the perfect time. Yeah,
0: 21 and days. Is what call I mean, it. it's really true.
2: Yeah, science is handicapped because you got to, you've got to, you publish the review, and then it's got to be peer review, and then it's got there's like a 10 year mm-hmm. process before we yeah. can say, yeah, this is what. works, But all the. Co- that i follow are the guys that are like like jl holdsworth told me once he's like if it gets me results i don't really give a shit how it's working i just know it's working right we'll figure out how later as long as we're safe and we're getting results so it's always funny to me when science kind of comes and reaffirms what we know it's great because that's that's how you know you're on the right path but yeah mm -hmm.
0: yeah exactly and i I agree with that
2: since the 70s and now we're like yeah no that's what it should be
0: Yeah, but it it is cool though because like you said, it's like the people that are safe and getting results, it's, you know, it's like that anecdotal evidence and then you just keep that up and you have enough, you know, from the 70s, 30, 40 years of this backlog and then, yeah, science gets to come around.
2: Yeah.
0: And then Louie gets to sit in his his chair and go, yeah, I (laughs) know. I told you so. I told you, Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I'm but, sure he loves saying, I told you so. so <laughs>
0: I, I, probably. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, so what, I, you know, as, especially since you obviously are very well versed in conjugate, and I know me and Amber have talked about it. Um, a lot of, you know, like a lot of the detractors of conjugate usually comes from people saying that most people don't apply it correctly. What is mm-hmm. something that you, or what are maybe the most common things you see done poorly? when people try to apply those methods?
2: I think people tend to fall on one extreme or the other, right? Where they're, they're either yeah. they're way, way, way too conjugate or they're not rotating exercises enough. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And I think probably the biggest disconnect of it all comes from a lot of people not knowing what conjugate means, right? Like no, con- right. people that's see right. bands and chains and they think, oh, that's conjugate but they really have nothing to do with each other, right? Like all conjugate yep. means is just a constant rotation of exercises, yep. right? So I think the, the biggest mistakes I see, like I said, are people that are rotating, you know, maybe every week um, and not just with the maximum, but like accessories and everything, they're rotating every week or they're not rotating enough. Maybe they're doing the six-week cycle or the, or the seven-week cycle uh, as opposed yep. to a three-week cycle. So I think people really need to just find that, that middle ground and also maybe be less gimmicky With the exercises they're choosing. You know what I mean? Which is like that's coming from me, the king of gimmicks, because I love to add bands to everything. But uh (laughs) I think a lot of people would be better served just putting the bar on their back and just squatting, right? You don't need to worry about bands and chains if your max is only one thirty five. You know what I mean? You can get a lot stronger with just the the basic principles.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. I think one of the things I and I always have found like I I had a coach um, who was a really good conjugate coach for about eight to nine months and it mm-hmm. served me very well. And, and he worked in the same way you did. It was three week cycles with the fourth week kind of being like an entry week. So week one was just kind of like, ease, kind of ease into the new variations, mm-hmm. three weeks of going into it. And then the new block would start and we'd go that way. Um, but he never gave me variations that he didn't feel would help my issues. Benefit you. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't just, you know, wasn't just going to put bands and chains on to put bands and chains. Just to put bands and chains. Um, yeah. You know, he put me under the SSB, you know, the yoke bar or put me, you know, uh, or whatever it is. Um, and, I, and I felt like that was the difference of knowing yeah. why you do a variation.
2: Absolutely. Or the lifter. And that's the thing, like with conjugate as a coach, you have to be able to know what exercise to apply, right? The wrong exercise will do you no good. And it's it's one of the main reasons that I don't do online training is yep. because I, I rely so much on that instant feedback from my athlete. Like, well, yep. I might program, say reverse lunges for an accessory, but as
1: my athlete. Oh, we lost him.
0: Oh, I froze a little bit. No, yeah. come back, Brad. Brad you step, you know.
1: I think his Wi-Fi is having some difficulties.
0: Yeah. Y'all up there in the great white North, your Wi-Fi.
1: <laughs> in our like eight winter. we officially had winter for six months gross yeah i don't know if he can hear us
0: no come back brad we miss you i was really enjoying what he was saying i know he'd sit and listen to him for so long no i mean this is part of technology
1: it happens unfortunately yeah
0: oh he lost i don't know probably he'll just he'll come back yeah um But but, yeah i'll be able to edit yeah once it's once it's in there it's it's not that big of a deal um okay until he he comes back though you haven't really got a chance what give me no because i mean like i
1: I know i know brad but it's it's like i'm kind of letting you just ask your question
0: yeah but i want to know like what what are some of your like your thoughts on kind of just some of the general stuff that he brought up that stands out to you
1: um in general i think a lot of so he's focusing more towards athletes, um, and I think what he is utilizing, we need to actually utilize more with strength athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there should be more more rounding, and what he does gets missed. Are we back. Hey, buddy, you back? There, oh, back.
2: This, this fucking Wi-Fi here, man. Oh boy,
0: it's, it's so okay. Can <laughs> we, we we can, okay. Can oh, yeah, we edit that? Okay. Oh yeah, it's all good. Oh yeah, we can edit. Awesome. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It, we we go with it. So awesome. it's. It's okay. I got to, I got to ask Amber just to give her thoughts on, on all the cool stuff that you were saying. Okay, sweet. And, um, but yeah, can you you finish your thought, Amber?
1: Oh, I was just saying, um, I think a lot of what he utilizes with his athletes is what more strength athletes need to utilize as well. Um, And it gets missed. Coaches miss this aspect because they don't understand how to use it. So they just throw like simple linear progression, strength, five, three, one. Um, and you're not getting any gpp work you're not getting any explosive work in there and it goes full circle
2: yeah for sure yeah and for Um, powerlifters, conjugate always every day is max effort day for for yeah and i mean i was guilty that too when i trained like you talk shit and we're gonna start maxing out but yeah yeah, no for sure they need to you got to pay attention to all phases of it you can't just do the stuff you like
0: yeah and also i think in terms of just like powerlifting as a sport one of the biggest detractors it used to get was that it's a very unathletic sport. And I think now, I think a lot of us who are more, you know, much newer in the sport, you know, only in a couple of years, Like so you started, you said back in 2011, 2011. Yeah, 2010, 2011. You competed Sorry. in the IPF. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So like, so it's like, you know, that's, you've been in You're you're a vet really at this point. And, you know, for me, I'm only two years in. And uh, I think a lot of us want, like, who you know, really fall in love with the sport, want to see it come up in the level of competition, but yeah. as well as the level of athletes. So I think a lot more powerlifters are starting to kind of treat it more like Olympic weightlifters, where mm-hmm. they want to be more mm-hmm. mobile, faster, you know, beat better, you know, just really the whole gamut. And so to echo what she was saying, I agree that more athletic. Of a more athletic approach, especially to your GPP or to your accessories, um, I think would take the sport up much more.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like as Instagram and social media grow, I think that's really what fed into powerlifting become more of an athletic sport, right?
0: Yeah. I think,
2: uh, well, more than anything, I think when I had started, was rated right like the tail end of gear, the, the yeah. multiply gear, the west side stuff. Yeah. So that was always what I wanted to do as powerlifting. That's still what I do. I don't care if everyone hates gear. I lift in gear, I hate lifting raw. I respect it, but it's boring to me. I don't want to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, but I think like I like, I like could, both. To be yeah. fair, but I, think, I mean, I'll, in training I lift raw, but like I don't like to get on the platform and lift raw. I just yeah. I want to put on the gear and see lift the most I could possibly lift, like yeah. some stupid number, right? Yeah. But I think like when it was gear heavy, you could just be fat and be in your gear, and as long as the gear fits <laughs> tighter, then you're yeah. gonna lift more weight, right? But raw, you need to have a lot more muscle mass behind what you're lifting. Yeah. So that you can actually do it. Being fat isn't necessarily an advantage. And now with you with things like Instagram, you have guys like Larry Wheels or or Half Thor that can make a living off lifting weights, just posting yeah. it on their Instagram and their YouTube, right? So we're yeah. starting to see the guy that might have went to the NFL or the NBA or whatever yeah. is going to start powerlifting or CrossFit or Olympic lifting, yeah, you know, whatever it may be,
0: yeah, or whatever it is. And, and I'm and I'm gonna and I say it all the time. Like I love both sides of the sport. Like I love a, I love watching equipment lifters. And I, and I like raw too. Like I just, like, I don't really, I like, I like technique really yeah. well. Like I like watching people's anatomy move weight and some mm-hmm. people do it really well equipped. You know, some people are obviously really great raw. Like I kind of don't give a fuck how you want to do it. I just want to watch yeah. you do it.
2: Uh, yeah. I don't understand what the, everyone just, <laughs> I think everyone just needs something to argue about really. It,
0: it really is it's, what it is. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've like, never
2: compared my geared squat to someone's raw squat. I know it's not the same lifting. thing. You
0: know? Yeah. It, it is. It's 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 just it's fun. Like I, I like I like knee wraps and like I like I like squatting with wraps. So some yeah. people like squatting with sleeves. Like I don't. It, it is. It's that's just something that, to that's one about. thing
1: that like people don't understand. Is like if you get into wraps, you're using equipment.
0: Yeah, yeah it is.
2: <laughs> I and mean, it'll it's like it like quip may be dead right now but it'll come back everything is cyclical like yeah. you see now like raw singlets are like multi or like single ply squat suits used to be when i started right like mm-hmm. that before sbd had to change their singlet that thing was yeah. as thick as my first what was it a king squad or something i bought from inzer in 2011 yeah. like that was the that was a raw singlet today you know yeah I, it'll come back around eventually
0: I've, I've i've heard that but also i think um i i had um I had a friend of mine make a point that when people start wanting to lift for longevity, equipment really saves your joints, saves your yeah, hips,
2: absolutely. you know, a
0: yeah. lot, you know, and obviously with the knee wraps, plus the, plus the suit, you know, saves your knees. So it's like, you want to put up a lot of weight and you want to have longevity, you know, you yep. put on put on some briefs and it'll, yep. it'll help you out. So yeah, I, I agree. It shouldn't really matter. I, I still like seeing both like my um, the gym before it closed that I went to here in town the owner is an old equip lifter from you know the early 80s he's you know really old school dude and he hit we have a monolift um, all the meets are always run and he always is open to equip lifters if you want to come yeah. like and that, So that's really cool we've always had a very 50 50 split since okay, I started nice. yeah. which is you know cool and so when I got more into the sport, and I saw that divide, it was really confusing to me, because I thought it was, yeah, well,
1: was exactly the same for me, like, when I started in 16, the first guy I ever saw really squat anything equipped was Seth Albersworth, monster, and (laughs) like, a thousand Uh, two, took it out, I was this little person, like, who is this freak, and all, all, all I knew was what equipped lifting was. Yeah. Um obviously I understood what raw was, but I didn't see the divide. It was all just yeah. powerlifting.
0: Yeah, you're just choosing how you want to do it or whatever suits you to do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um anyway, I mean we digress. We can go on that, that <laughs> <for the> whole, <laughs> that's another episode altogether. <laughs> it's a whole other whole other thing up. So um, but for you, uh, I did want to ask, you know, that we, we kind of have your coaching approach. How do you, you know, are, Amber said you kind of, are you going to have any plans to compete again? Do you want to, you know, jump back in or what do you think?
2: I, I, I really love training my athletes right now. You know, like the, yeah. the way that powerlifting used to bring me joy, I find training athletes brings me that same joy now. Yeah. Um, so will I compete again? I'm, I'm sure at some point I'll step on the platform again. I'm yeah. just not really. I'm really enjoying the training process. I'm at a point where I like training more than I like competing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe it's just old age. I don't know. I'm Twenty-eight now, so
1: old age. I, you're from, I, you're younger old. than me.
0: <laughs> Bitch, I'm thirty. I'm older than both of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fuck. But, uh,
1: but the pat like the passion that Brad has for training as athletes is. It's something else, that I mean, you don't know this. I haven't even told you this, but like, you are definitely an inspiration for me and I've kind of told oh, you awesome. about where I want, where I want to be as a coach. And like, I look up to you oh, and you. That's, that's how you input all of that into your athletes. That's where I want to be. Um, and so it's very cool having somebody like Rad locally like this. Um, yeah. And this this time where we're like all stuck inside is a great time to get to know people better and to ask all your questions and yeah. to develop yourself more. And, yeah, um, for sure. and I can I can quickly understand where he's coming from. Where he's just like I'm happy training, and I just want to put all of that into my athletes right now because they like that brings me joy. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I can confirm she has to- said that about you. She's told me that. So <laughs> just awesome. let- letting awesome. letting you, letting you know. Um, yeah. I will I will say this because. I've told this to her and I just, and I'll also put it in your mind at some point, all your athletes are going to really also get a kick and a fire into their ass to see their coach compete. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I, I think I, I've told that to her. I was like, you know, at some point, like, you know, your, your athletes look up to you as you coach and you know, they are proud of you. Yeah. And so whenever I think a coach, at least for me, like, you know, mine that I've had competes, that's just a really special pride. Like That's the person that I learn from, that I teach from, and yep. you get to support them, go watch them, watch them do their thing. It just, I mean, for me anyway, it always really hits me in the feels. It always lights a fire under my ass, um, you know, because like that's, that's the person that I, you know, that I work with. yeah, And you, know, you have that bond. And to see them, you know, do the walk also, I don't know. For me, it always reaffirms that. And so I love seeing someone who loves coaching. I do. I really love seeing them be on the platform because I know that, um, you know, I know that it'll, it just, it just will hit their athletes differently. And then they're going to tell you that. And then it's, you know, that cycle of little cycle of love that happens.
2: Yeah. And I mean, as a coach, you got to be able to talk shit to your athletes too, right? And back it up. Sure. You know, like now, exactly. now that I train these like pro monsters, like I'm there's some guys that I'm just knocking out lift, but like I'll still talk shit to them.
0: You yeah, know, like you have to be able to do that. You know, that's what know, they respond to. Yeah, it is, and then you know maybe you maybe they quote unquote maybe they outlift you,
1: but your squat's still prettier. You can say yeah. that. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. So it's or like they can no, thank me got for that some squatting monsters. So that's <laughs> some monsters and eats. and like all ages. Some fourteen year olds are absolute freaks in that facility. Like yeah. it blows me away. Yeah,
2: they are absolutely
1: yeah. made different.
2: It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think just being around like the, the quality of athlete, like we got some div one football players and there's like, mm-hmm. there's such a disconnect between everyone will watch football on TV. You watch CFL, NFL, even college, whatever. And you're like, Oh, why, why'd you do this? I would have done that. And like, I'm like, bro, you're not that level of athlete and you can't yeah. understand it till you see it in front of you. But yeah. yeah, it's and just having that around, I think, brings everyone else's level up because you can see what great athletes look
0: like. Right. Yeah, it, re- it really does. I, I feel that athletes, um, the osmosis effect among athletes in any sport in, in, in anything like when you get to be around high level athletes, high level mm-hmm. coaches, um, even just around them, just going to dinner and maybe talking to them like that becomes more tangible. Yeah. You know, I've always said that, like, if you you get two kids of the same potential into the same sport, you know, let's say football, and yeah. one of them grows up watching it on TV, but one of them at some point in his life gets to have contact with, like, a professional player, like, goes to, like, a, a clinic or meets one or, like, gets this piece of advice and just gets to be in the presence mm-hmm. of someone at that level it becomes real. Like I met that's a real person. It's not just on TV. Yeah. And like I, that person is a person too. I can also do that because I don't know. Like I feel like that effect can really hit people. So going to meets, going to games, doing all of that and really being up close with it, not just in front of a screen. Uh, I think it makes a difference for people. Yeah, especially kids. Oh yeah.
1: For sure. And you don't treat them any differently either. They're all, they're all just, doing their work and they're gonna do the work or they're gonna fucking get out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I swear to everyone the same. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Parents love it too. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, you whip them into you it it gives them that tough, you know, tough love.
2: Yeah man, life isn't always nice, you know. Sometimes people are gonna yell at you. You gotta deal with it, you know. It is. And the kids are great. Like the the mental toughness our kids have, I see when I see them go to like camps or all-star tryouts and shit, like these kids are you know, the mentality of a man, of a a professional athlete, male or woman, but like they're around these pro athletes. So they have this mental edge over everyone,
0: you know?
1: Yeah. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I was telling Nicholas that you, well you're an inspiration to those kids and like how you treat them. You're also teaching them how to be grown ass men and how to treat, treat society well. Um, Unfortunately, we see a lot of crap in the strength community, people that you, a lot of people look up to and that maybe they shouldn't be looking up to, but you're sending those kids out into the world as well put together humans. And we need more of that.
2: Yeah, that's the goal. We're not just athletes. We're trying to build, you know, responsible people that will be responsible members of society when they grow up. So, Mm yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I think that's, and that's the goal, man. And I, you know, I appreciate you doing that kind of work. And I I really like to see more coaches, both strength coaches and athletic coaches do that more, honestly. Um, Yeah, absolutely. uh, Okay. So we are the, the like uh, timing that they allow us is starting to like come to an end, but if you could, you know, thank you again, but if you could just tell everyone again, where to find you, maybe where to contact you just to, you know, follow and support especially that you know in these times that would be great yeah
2: absolutely yeah for sure i'm on uh, instagram uh, eats.sg eats.sg ssg um my there's a call button on there if you want to call me and talk train or whatever i'd I answer the phone and i uh, i'm on facebook i don't know if anyone uses facebook other than old people but i'm on facebook <laughs> elite athlete training systems I'm on You're tiktok now with the cool kids wow my tiktok I'm... handle is eats.sg but i, <laughs> I... don't you could try to talk to me on there. I am not to use it. Right, I'm, <laughs> that's, not, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not that level
0: out. yet either. I'm not, I don't, I don't know how to TikTok. So it's, you're yeah, ahead of well me. Enough,
2: there's enough 14 year olds at the gym like making TikToks. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then they get me on TikTok. So I mean, it's the future, but I don't know how to work it, but I'm on there. So if yeah. you want to holler at me on there, that's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah. And one of the best features, if you follow Eats, is like Dozer. Dozer is yeah, that's the, the tree mascot. That
2: pay attention, the dog. <laughs> good. The dog eats Dozer. We all the love Dozer.
0: Famous. Dog, dogs will get likes, man. Dogs are the best thing in humanity right now. Oh, so.
2: yeah. If the page is lacking, I put up a, pe- a pick of Dozer, and everyone's back right away. Brings him the likes. There it <laughs> is.
0: There it is. You, you should, you should make, you should like make a an shirt that says "Don't disappoint Dozer" or something right. like, there you go. That's like a good one. something. Something in that, like Dozer's disappointed, mm-hmm. centered or
2: centered around Dozer.
0: Just center of you don't want him, like, like do it, do it for Dozer. Maybe that's a good one too. I don't know. Yeah. He's <laughs>
2: he's, he's tough him. to not. He's always disappointed. He always looks disappointed, and he's never impressed. Like he's he was sleeping Dex. one day. Ty pulled like six hundred pounds right beside his head and dropped it, and Dozer didn't even wake up. Like yeah. he's he's very hard to impress. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> just like, nah, I won't wake up for that. Yeah, he
2: doesn't care. He's too used to it. (laughs) Yeah, too,
0: too, too, too. Anything less than 400 kilos, no big deal. Uh Uh-uh, I'm not going (laughs) to. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. I I really enjoyed it. I hope people reach out to you because you're a smart dude, and I've I've learned learned a lot, and I hope that they, you know, anyone who listens gets it from it, and, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man, Mm -hmm. and I hope you stay safe.
2: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is awesome. Hopefully uh, this podcast continues to grow and hopefully this will be the biggest episode ever with 10 million viewers or, or listeners.
0: <laughs> I really hope so. I really hope so. Uh, and I really hope someone gets a notepad <laughs> and fucking writes your whole week schedule down and hits you up for help. Cause like, that would be awesome. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So. Absolutely brother. Uh,
0: awesome. All right, brother. All right guys. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah, no
2: worries. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you, man. Awesome. And thank you, Amber. I'll talk to you soon. Bye guys. All
1: right. Okay, bye. Peace.
0: All right, sports fans. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. I hope you learned something from Mr. Brad. Um, Again, if you haven't, please go check out his awesome, you know, training company, the Eats Elite Athletic Training. S-G-E-A-T-S dot S-G on the Instas. And as he said, on all of the other socials. Um, And also, like he said, he gives away free info. Like, talk to him. The man is... Smart, he knows his stuff, and it was a real pleasure to pick his brain, learn from him. And you know, that's what we do in this community. We support each other, we give back, help those who help you, and especially in the world today, you know, reach out to your friends, reach out to other lifters, you know, keep your passion alive somehow. We can't go to the meets to support each other and see each other, so let's do this share info, learn. And uh, when this is all over, we come out stronger and better. So, there it is. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next week. We're very excited. Finally, we're going to have Mr. Joe Sullivan. Joe Sullivan Powerlifter on the show. Me and Amber are going to sit down with him. So, been trying to get it happen for a while. Obviously, life happened. But, it's here. So, very excited for you guys to hear it. So, tune in next week for that. And as always, thanks for... Fucking hanging out with us. I'm Nicholas. And of course, Amber. And uh, that's it. Catch you guys next time on the Nerds Who Live podcast.